Good morning, my friends, and welcome to yet another spectacular installment of Weekend Update. From very high above, all other puerile and insipid forms of Wyoming mainstream media, this is Cowboy State Politics. I, of course, am your illustrious host, David Iverson, firmly ensconced behind the silver Cowboy State Politics microphone and broadcasting to you from the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming. Well, good morning, my friends, and welcome to the program. Politically, in the Cowboy State, it's been a pretty quiet week. In our nation's capital, not so much as it turns out. They just couldn't bring themselves to stop spending, could they? And the ridiculous part of all of this is Republicans in the House only wanted to go back to 2022 spending levels. That's after COVID, after Joe Biden's election, and after he spent $6 trillion. So when you look at the bigger picture, they weren't actually cutting any spending. They were reducing the rate of spending growth. That's a big difference, my friends. In other words, it's like you were planning on buying a brand new pickup that you didn't need. So instead of the $80,000 pickup, you decided to buy the $60,000 pickup. The difference between examples in our universe and the one that operates in our nation's capital is an order of magnitude. When all of us are broke and we're having trouble paying our bills, we don't decide to increase the amount of things we're buying. We reduce them. Common sense just really doesn't apply in Washington, D.C. If there was any good news out of Thursday's vote in the United States Senate, and I'm not saying there is, but if there were some good news, John Barrasso, Cynthia Lummis, and Harriet Hageman all voted against this dumb spending jig that they're going on. But those three individuals are not going to stop the increase in inflationary pressures that we're all seeing. It's not going to stop the $3.58 gas that I saw at the gas station today. And it's not going to stop the increase in prices of everything that we buy every single day. Things like milk or eggs or bread. We're headed for a financial cliff, my friends. And the truth is, nothing they did Thursday was going to stop any of it. The only thing we're doing is putting the brakes on the train before it goes off of the cliff. You know, kind of like in Back to the Future where they've got, got the train on the tracks and it's going to eventually fall off the end of them. Yeah, that's where we're headed. It's just a matter of how fast we're going to get there. And as all of us saw, clear as a bell, that nobody in Washington, D.C., well, except for the three individuals from Wyoming, evidently, no, none of them are really interested in putting the brakes on any of this spending and borrowing and financial malfeasance. Because, honestly, that's what it really is. But I'm reasonably sure that just about everybody has had enough of the Washington shenanigans for one week. So let me point your attention to something else that happened in the cowboy state. About a month ago, a book began circulating the state... Most people became aware of it since the Natrona County Library was giving it away. Usually, the only time you see a big sign that says, free books, is because nobody in their right mind would buy it. So in order to get the book circulating, authors have to give it away. Not in this case. Now, I'm sure some of you, at least, have seen this book, or at least the cover of it, circulating on Facebook. It's called Fault Lines in the Constitution. The framers, their fights, and the flaws that affect us today. If you listen to these two authors, 
Cynthia and Sanford Levinson, the Constitution is filled with all sorts of flaws and mistakes and things that are wrong. Flaws and mistakes, huh? Well, the average lifespan of a written Constitution since 1789 is 17 years. 17. The United States Constitution has lasted 233 years. That's an awful long time for something so flawed and misguided as the United States Constitution. Tongue all the way through my cheek on that one. The truth is, this book is a very long list of all of the things that liberals complain about the Constitution all of the time. In other words, a whole bunch of stuff that liberals want to do are prevented by the United States Constitution. So social justice warriors like Cynthia Levinson and her husband often claim that those things they're prevented from doing are actually flaws in the Constitution. Now, I'm always one that's up for a debate on just about every topic. But there's a big question as to why this book was given out for free and who paid for all of the copies. The Natrona County Library ran an ad on K2 News saying, come by the library and pick up your copy of the book. So who paid for all of the books? Who paid for the ads on K2 Radio? Who sponsored the speaking tour that the two authors went on throughout the state of Wyoming? And the big question, why did they do it? The who done it, I can answer partially for you. You did! At least part of the funding for this whole operation was paid for through the Wyoming Humanities Council and from a grant from the Wyoming Community Foundation, both of which get money from you, the Wyoming taxpayer. So at least part of the money came from there. In a later episode, I'll find out exactly what the dollar amounts were to, for all of this book distribution business. But for right now, all you need to know is that some of your money went to distributing some of these books and to at least part of a speaking tour for the authors. So before we actually get into what the book says, let's do what I always tell you to do. Consider the source. Who is Cynthia Levinson and her husband? She's the author of several books. Most of them are aimed at children. But she is the author of one fantastic work entitled Hillary Rodham Clinton, Do All the Good That You Can. From the first page of the prologue, and I begrudgingly quote, Star student, spokesman for her generation, advocate for children, women, and families, corporate lawyer, First Lady of Arkansas, First Lady of the United States, health care reformer, U.S. Senator, Secretary of State, two-time presidential candidate, President of the United States. These achievements, and even more, seem impossible for one person to accomplish in 68 years. But Hillary Rodham Clinton has managed all of them. Is she some kind of superwoman? End quote. Barf. From Simon and Schuster's author's page, and I quote, Cynthia Levinson is the author of nonfiction books for young readers that focus on social justice, including The Youngest Marcher, The People's Painter, and Fault Lines in the Constitution. End quote. So even the publisher, Simon Schuster, says that Fault Lines in the Constitution is based on social justice. That is, of course, unless I completely misunderstand all grammar. We'll get back to the program in just a second. But first, 
an absolutely obscene profit timeout. Cowboy State Politics is brought to you by Morton Buildings. If you're in the market for an outbuilding or a garage or a barn or a roping arena or maybe even a giant warehouse for your business, then you need to call Nick and Jesse at Morton Buildings. Their phone number is 307-674-2532. They're the experts in metal building construction, and they've been doing it longer than anybody else around, and they definitely do it better than anybody else. So it doesn't really matter what type of metal structure you've been considering for your property. Give Nick and Jesse what you've got in mind, and they'll handle all the details. Again, their phone number is 307-674-2532, or you can check them out on their website at mortonbuildings.com. It's 5 a.m. on a Saturday, and you know what I'm thinking about? Hot wings. Hot wings from the Winget Food Truck. They make the most incredible hot wings in the state of Wyoming. And they're not just hot wings. They have several other different flavors. I personally recommend the garlic Parmesan wings. They're incredible. Now, to figure out where that truck is going to be, go to CowboyStatePolitics.com and look underneath the Sponsors tab, and you'll find their schedule there. This week, starting on June 5th, you can find them in Cody, Wyoming. On Tuesday in Lovell, Wednesday in Grable and in Powell, Thursday in Worland, Wyoming, and then on Friday and Saturday in Lander. So figure out where that truck is going to be and find you some of the most amazing hot wings in the entire cowboy state. That's the Winget Food Truck. New episodes of the program are published every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday morning. And then don't forget the live program, which begins every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. You can find the link at CowboyStatePolitics.com or on the Cowboy State Politics Facebook page. And now, back to the program. So what about the other author, Sanford Levinson? Well, he's a renowned, quote, constitutional scholar. He's had several different teaching posts. Right now, he teaches at the University of Texas and at Harvard University. In 2011, he gave a speech entitled, So Much to Rewrite. Here's a portion of it, and I quote, I continue very strongly to believe that a new constitutional convention is badly needed, and that inevitably what would come out of such a convention would reflect both changes of mind on the part of participants after deliberative discussion, as well as necessary compromises resulting from hard bargaining among conflicting groups. And listen very carefully to this last part. Quote, The one thing I am absolutely confident of is that no one will appoint me to be the sole rewriter of our very defective constitution. End quote. Very defective constitution, eh? I don't know a single liberal that has such a radical view as Sanford Levinson. Even in conversations that I've had with Democrat minority leader Mike Yen, there is still a reverence for our constitution. Nothing like you hear from this Sanford Levinson guy. But if you thought that first quotation was bad, he actually lists the things that he thinks are very defective in it. Listen to this. Quote, 
So let me suggest very briefly what I currently believe are some of the most awful features of a generally defective constitution very much in need of rewriting. I do not need to rank them in order. Indeed, in different days and in different political contexts, I would rank them differently. I am confident, though, that any serious discussion of the constitution and its political rewriting would have to grapple with these. Number one, equal representation in the Senate. Number two, but one shouldn't stop with making the allocation of power in the Senate more proportional. The fact is that there's no good reason for the Senate to be organized along state geographical lines at all. Skip a paragraph. The Senate, if it survives, and I do believe that the United States is much too large to function with only one legislative body and the inevitable distortions that a single house brings, should be composed of members elected from entirely different constituencies. End quote. In other words, according to Sanford Levinson, it doesn't really matter where you live in the country, you shouldn't be represented in the United States Senate. Rather, we should focus on diversity. Who have you heard words like that from? You guys are going to love number three on his list. Quote, My rewritten constitution might well dispense with the president in favor of a parliamentary system. You see, according to Sanford Levinson, a very devout Democrat, there's significant problems with having somebody in office that you can't remove. And I have to tell you, my friends, I could not have written a better comedy reel. But listen to this. This is the problem that he sees with having a president in office that can't be removed except by impeachment or by being beaten in the next election. This is priceless. And I quote, in a modern world, it is dreadfully fallacious to believe that we can blithely put up with an incompetent president <laughs> for a su substantial amount of time until the next election. It is not only that our enemies are always looking for weaknesses, it is also that great structural forces, whether one thinks of globalized economy, natural disasters, or public health emergencies, may call for highly freighted decisions, and to put it mildly, the public is entitled to have in office someone in whom, or at least one-third plus one, feel a requisite degree of confidence. Oh, Lord, somebody should post that thing all over his Twitter account. Anyway, as any good Democrat would, he really dislikes the Electoral College. He doesn't like the vice president. But he also suggests something that is very, very dangerous, and it goes to the very reason why we broke away from England in the first place. Number six on his list is, and I quote, My rewritten constitution would address the subject of emergency powers in a way that is simply lacking in the current document. Almost every other contemporary constitution provides a better model than does our own. Dot, dot, dot. And listen to this very carefully. Quote, in any event, we should realize that suspension of habeas corpus, however relevant to invasions or insurrections, is really likely to be quite beside the point with regard to economic emergencies, natural disasters, or pandemics. End quote. In other words, he's saying that in the event of an emergency, we ought to be able to suspend all sorts of things in the Constitution. And as he notes in Fault Lines in the Constitution, we should be able to suspend the four-year term of the president and just, you know, let him continue in that office. What I'm getting at, my friends, is that the Wyoming Humanities Council has sponsored a book giveaway and a speaking tour to a guy and his wife that are constitutional radicals, or should I say anti-constitution radicals, that don't believe the same things that you and I do. 
If these two were left to their devices, they would completely rewrite the entire Constitution. If the previous quotations from Sanford Levinson himself weren't enough, here's one from November 22nd of last year in an article he wrote for the Harvard Gazette. The article is entitled, Let's Fix How We Fix the Constitution. Sanford Levinson writes, and I quote, We have a radically defective constitution in many different respects. My wife and I co-authored a book, Fault Lines in the Constitution, that elaborates no fewer than 20 such fault lines. Like their geographical counterparts, they can create political earthquakes and tsunamis that would wreak havoc, would wreak further havoc on an already problematic political system established in 1787 and left remarkably unchanged since. End quote. These are the people that the Wyoming Humanities Council paid to come to Wyoming to travel around the state and give speaking tours, and who probably paid to distribute their book to whomever wanted it from the Natrona County Library. That's where I got my copy. And just for good measure, here he is saying as much in a talk he gave in 2007 at Duke University. We really have a significantly defective constitution. In many ways, I've, uh, I've taken to describing our Constitution is the equivalent of driving a car with slick tires and lousy brakes after two drinks. Um, and we say, well, we've always gotten home safely in the past, uh, which I think in fact is false. But the, there is this feeling that we've always gotten to a safe haven in the past. But I think uh, as with mutual funds, uh, past performance is not necessarily predictive of what will happen in the future. And I think that the Constitution generates multiple possibilities of going over the cliff um, and that it would be far, far better to discuss some of those possibilities and what to do about them before the going over the cliff or the train wreck. Why is it that all the people that make a living talking about the Constitution, renowned constitutional scholars, always end up being the very people that hate it, and our institutions of higher learning pay them for it. Even if you or I were to criticize parts of the Constitution, and I think that there are some things that are worthy of debate, but in general, the Constitution is the finest political document this world has ever known, and the founders themselves believed that God had his hand in helping them write it. So even if we were to criticize the Constitution, we would at the very least begin our discussion saying that the Constitution is the most amazing document that we have ever written, and that the men who wrote it were giants. But that's not how Sandy and Cynthia Levinson begin their book. Instead, they say, and I quote, In some cases, though, the structures of our government, the parts that the framers hardwired in the Constitution, can cause havoc in real life. Some of these crises we face since 1787 have resulted from or were helped along by limitations, ambiguities, and flat bad ideas in the Constitution. End quote. For this episode, I was prepared to give you all sorts of quotations from their book. Now, admittedly, I wasn't able to get through the whole thing without leaving a giant hole in my picture window, but I did read half of it. And nearly all of them, the same things that I read to you earlier, appear in the book, although the book is aimed at a more younger audience. So why would the Humanities Council bring them to Wyoming? It's either A, that they agree with them, or B, they want these, this couple, Sanford and Cynthia Levinson, to promulgate 
all of their ideas about a defective constitution across the state of Wyoming. Regardless of what the motivation is, the Humanities Council needs to answer some questions as to why these people were invited to Wyoming and why they paid for it. I doubt very seriously that very many Wyoming citizens believe that the United States Constitution that has lasted for 233 years is horribly and irrevocably dysfunctional, as Sanford Levinson says that it is. Probably on Monday, I'll go through the book and give you those quotations I was planning on. But really, after you read the two articles that I've posted at CowboyStatePolitics.com, you probably won't want to, and you won't need to. Though, if you want some good target practice, fault lines in the Constitution would make a fairly good target. But that'll do it for this installment of Weekend Update. Have a good rest of your weekend, and we'll talk again on Monday. On next Wednesday's installment of the program, I have a very special presentation. I'll have an interview for you with Jennifer Say, who is the former chief marketing officer of the Levi Strauss Company. She was fired for standing up for her own beliefs against the board at Levi Strauss. And we'll do that interview next Wednesday. Have a good rest of your weekend. From the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming, I'm David Iverson, and this is the one and only Cowboy State Politics.